Folks, it's preseason game day, and the Winnipeg Jets will be facing one of their more more recent rivals in the Montreal Canadiens. We're going to take a look at what players have made this lineup, what it suggests maybe about the upcoming battle for the defensive spots, especially when it comes to the Jets' rookies, and maybe some interesting forward appearances from some of the younger players. All coming right up on tonight's episode of Locked On, Winnipeg Jets. For Locked On, the Hockey Jets, your daily podcast on the Winnipeg Jets. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, friends, and welcome to tonight's episode of Locked On, Winnipeg Jets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Harrison Lee, an avid Winnipeg Jets fan and an online blogger. You can follow me on Twitter at HLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. As always, thank you for making Locked On Jets your first listen of the day every day. If you like what you're hearing, be sure to like, follow, and subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform of choice, including Apple, Spotify, Google, Megaphone, Odyssey, and YouTube. Doing so is completely free of charge and ensures you never miss another episode. But most of all, we just really love and appreciate your support. Now, like I said on tonight's episode, uh, primarily we're going to be talking a little bit about the upcoming preseason game that's going to be happening this evening against the Montreal Canadiens. Now, usually I do recap these. I will be at a concert this evening, so unfortunately um, I'll have to give you my thoughts at a later point. Maybe if I'll catch some highlights when I get back home, I'll try and give you some feedback on what stood out just from the footage I'm able to find. But, you know, obviously with this being preseason, it's not likely to get a lot of video coverage. So, We're going to have to sort of rely on at least talking about what I expect to see um, heading into this evening's matchup. So for the Jets, they've already posted their roster. And honestly, it's an interesting one. Uh, At the forward unit, you've got Sakumanalainen, Brad Lambert, Jansen Harkins, Evan Poli, David Gustafson, Pierre-Luc Dubois, Mason Appleton, Christian Reichel, Kevin Stenland, Sam Gagne, Jeff Malott, Cole Meyer, and Daniel Torgerson. On defense, we've got Heinola, uh, Jonathan Kovacevic, Dylan Sandberg, Kyle Capobianco, uh, Logan Stanley, and then Nate Schmidt. And in net, it's going to be David Riddick and Arvid Holmes. So uh, what you've got here is a really interesting mixture of primarily AHL players in guys like Malat, Meyer, Reichel, Poli. And then you've also got a couple of like established veterans to, to lead your top six. But then, you know, in between, you've also got players looking for some bottom six, uh, like, competition. Maybe Stenland trying to get his name on the fourth line. Saku Manalainen also kind of in the conversation. Uh, but then you've also got Brad Lambert. And I, I think Torgerson, you might be able to put more and more into this conversation as well. Uh, Torgerson, I think, for me, is still moosebound. But obviously, you're looking at the talent on this team and the lack of high-end finishing. And if, if Torgerson and Lambert really light it up, maybe one of them gets a look for the start of the season. Now, you know, as far as, as what I'm expecting, I think this team is probably going to have a little bit of a difficult time, uh, especially because, you know, the scoring output is going to be modest. I think we saw with the game against the Suns, even the most veteran players weren't really creating a lot of offense at first. Um, you know, the, the, the start to the Bones era, I would say, has generally focused on trying to figure out defensive structure, 
how to be aggressive effectively in the offensive zone and some like really basic principles. And, and I don't know that, you know, game three into the preseason, we're going to see them having ironed out all of these issues. I suspect it will be maybe even a few weeks into the season, if not a few months before we might start seeing the jets clicking a little bit better. I don't think it's going to be like horrible, horrible to start off, but I do think that this team right now, um, is, is really going to struggle to score goals. That has kind of been a thing that happened with the Dallas Stars for a bit. And this team, don't get me wrong, I, I do think the Jets have more finishing talent as a whole than the Stars did under bonus. But, you know, by the same token, you also look at this team, and I'm really hard-pressed to say that the advantage in scoring for the Jets is going to be that much higher than the Stars. I think both teams have a lot of weaknesses, in terms of skill depth, I think the top sixes are a little bit shallow in terms of, um, you know, interchangeable parts here. If somebody goes down to injury, suddenly, you know, Winnipeg's goal scoring output probably declines by a pretty considerable percentage. So it's a little bit grim if we're thinking about scoring potential and what this team is going to be capable of offensively. And so this is a good chance, I think, for Lambert in particular to really stamp his name on a potential Jets roster spot this year. Uh, I I think the plan for him is probably to go to the Moose, and I would actually support this. In the past, I was always very keen to see um, Jets prospects make the lineup, but I think that was partly due to the fact that Winnipeg back then had a more supportive environment. I felt that, you know, with the the, the 2017-2018 roster, you had a chance to insulate the kids more, and in a couple of the seasons following that, you still had that opportunity. In fact, if the Jets had actually leaned on some of their prospects during that time, right after the cup run, maybe this team would have gone in a, in a different direction, and maybe we would have even seen um, a slightly more competitive atmosphere for this team. But as it is, you know, the Jets are going to have to lean really heavily on just about any of the really talented rookies that would come in. And I think that is especially true of Lambert, because outside of Lambert and Ehlers and maybe like Connor. How many Jets forwards would you say are really elite skaters? Not too many. I mean, you've got elite creators in Shifley and Perfetti uh, and to a lesser degree Wheeler, of course, but none of these guys really rely on rapid transition games up and down the ice and, you know, being these effortless edge work creators. I think what you're going to get out of, out of Lambert is more of that style of game, a really fast lightning quick player who can basically bomb up and down the wings and then drive towards the slot. But you also want to make sure that you give him the right lineup, the right chemistry, and the right supportive environment so that when the adjustment to NHL caliber difficulty um, hits him, it's not going to hit him like a brick wall that he doesn't know how to surmount. Now, I, I think the question is, will the AHL actually be the right place for him? Because he has been playing pro hockey overseas, um, and obviously the the lack of structure in the AHL and the more chaotic physical nature of that league is a bit of a far cry from what you find at the NHL level. And I think for me, Lambert really needs elite skill to play with. If he goes to the Moose and anchors their top line, I think he'll have that. But he would have better odds of achieving that if he gets placed with the Jets. My concern is that, you know, if he makes Winnipeg and he starts to struggle, uh, well, you could just send them down, I guess. I don't really think that that's a particularly big deal. Um, but the, the question is, where would you put him in this team? I think for me, the easy answer is in somewhere on like the second line. I just feel like Winnipeg 
doesn't really have a choice because the lineup right now doesn't have a lot of great scoring balance. It needs a little bit of a like a, a finishing touch. And somebody like Lambert or even Chaz Lucius might be an option there. As much as I love Dan Torgerson, I don't think that he's at a level where I would be comfortable putting him in that top six quite yet. Maybe on like a third or a fourth line role, but we've already got guys competing for that spot. And I think it would be better for Torgerson to continue to apply his trade at the AHL level first and kind of dominate that softer competition before stepping up. So for me, Lambert, I think I really want to see a big game out of. If he continues to show off like he did during the Penticton tournament and during the scrimmages, I do think that he'll earn a way onto this roster. Maybe just for an audition and not the full season, but if the Jets are actually serious about making the playoffs, it would probably be imperative for him to uh, make the team and do so with a plum because this team right now, it's just not going to get it done this year. I have to be honest, even with Bowens trying to do his best to corral as much of this team as he can. The reality is the the roster and scoring talent is pretty thin, and Winnipeg really needs an internal boost since they seem hellbent on not doing anything externally and either making big signings or trades. So really big opportunities here for Lambert to show off. Uh, to a lesser extent, maybe Gustafson or Reichel, uh, Torgerson as well, but I think this is probably Lambert's best shot um, during preseason to really make a case for an opening night roster. I'm really hoping that he does make it because I think it would be great for the Jets if he does. I think that there's a lot of talent with him, and I think he can do things that some of the other Jets players just can't. But, you know, it'll remain to be seen how he handles it, hoping for the best and that he stays healthy. But, of course, that's not the only roster spot the Jets are trying to find upgrades for. Obviously, the sixth defense spot is up for grabs. And based on the Jets roster, we have some interesting thoughts on who might be the most likely to earn that final roster role. But before we go any further, I do want to shout out our friends and partners at BetOnline.net. BetOnline is your number one source for football betting info this season. They've got everything from the latest player developments, team matchups, news, podcasts, in-depth articles, and analysis in every game you can find. Whether it's at the start of the season, halfway through, or even predicting some of the future outcomes. Whatever you're into, whether you're looking for college football stuff or pro-level NFL games, they've got you covered there. Um, they remain your, your continued source for all of your sporting wagering information with live betting and up-to-the-minute scores uh, for just about every sport out there. If you're into other sports like MLB baseball heading into the October playoffs, they've got that. They've got combat sports like MMA and boxing, even golf, horse racing, automotive racing. I've even personally looked at some of their German Bundesliga uh soccer match stuff just to see what they were up to and what you could bet on. And they just have such a breadth of information available right at your fingertips to make it easier than ever to place your bets. To get started, head on over to betonline.net using your laptop or mobile device to register for a free account because BetOnline is where the game starts. Hello, friends, and welcome back to this episode of Locked On Winnipeg Jets. Thank you for making Locked On Jets your first listen of the day every day. We are talking about Winnipeg's preseason lineup heading into the game against the Montreal Canadiens this evening. We talked about the forwards and what I thought uh, guys like Manalainen and Lambert and the rest might be capable of. The defense is a bigger question. Uh, I, I think that this is an interesting unit because last game against the Sens, obviously Heinola did score a really nice goal. And after that goal, his game seemed to uh, really spark to life. And we saw more of the confident puck-carrying mobile offensive defender 
that Heinella really can be. But before then, just about everyone, including uh, Sandberg, was really struggling. And in the previous game against the Oilers, Stanley just had a really awful night. I think Sandberg, for me, was probably um, the most middling, like middle of the road of the rookies. I think Lundmark really didn't do a lot to impress either. And so uh, for me, the number six spot right now is probably Heinola's to lose. I think in part because you've got, you've got like certain skill sets that the Jets just don't really have in abundance. And I've said that before, but Heinola, his game is really suited to what Bonus has been preaching in terms of offensive aggression from your blue liners, really good puck carrying skill, and being active inside the offensive zone to give your forwards a lot of support and create additional pressure on the defenders. So, uh, you know, Sandberg could do some of this. I think Kovacevic, to a lesser extent, probably could. Stanley, we know, can shoot the puck a lot, but the problem is he doesn't really get the puck to dangerous areas. And when you have to deal with the defensive side of his game, you start to see why there's a lot of issues. And when, you know, he's under pressure or facing smaller forwards, he just doesn't really have the ability to score off against them and end up either turning the puck over uh, or, or sealing guys along the wall. They still get by him. They still cut inside of him, and ultimately the Jets end up conceding. So I think Stanley's probably on the outs. I think Sandberg would also need a really good performance in this game to uh, take the place of Heinola. I think for the way that the Jets have sort of pumped Heinola's tires, his goal performance, and by virtue of there just not really being many candidates candidates who can do what he can at the level that he can, I feel like Vili has probably done a good enough job to potentially earn this spot. But of course... That was just the first game. The second game, I really need to see him continuing to do that, making those great breakout passes, uh, doing the stuff that Heinola only can. I think that the Jets don't really have many players of his caliber and skill set on this blue line, but obviously you can't just give him the spot. He still has to earn those minutes. And I think, you know, Bonus would agree in this respect. It's It sounds like he's really trying to hold guys accountable. After that, you know, that, that first and second preseason game, he called out the shift times, said that guys were not really setting the example uh, for the younger kids. And he was directly calling out the veteran veteran players, which I thought was super interesting. You don't really see this very often, especially for a new coach. Uh, usually you would see some criticisms of the youth players when it came to Maurice, but he would always defend the veterans. Um, Bonus hasn't really done that, which is super interesting. It does suggest maybe a shifting of the tides with accountability within this organization. And look, words can mean one thing, but unless they're backed by action, of course, it can occasionally ring hollow. But thus far, with what Bonus has said he wants to do and with what he's actually doing on the ice, I'm more inclined to believe him than I would be with some other coaches. So thus far, I think he's been a man of his word. It seems like he is trying to give... uh, the youth, the right boost to get into this lineup, which was good. I think that he's giving them opportunities to succeed and he's having people be more aggressive, even if it does mean that the Jets have maybe been offensively a little bit, you know, rough around the edges and defensively a little bit rough around the edges, especially on rush counters. But, you know, this team is going to have to go through some major changes. Maybe this is just the first of many steps. Uh, at the very bare minimum, I can't really predict how this year is going to go. And so that's probably a positive, I guess. Uh, but, <laughs> I mean, I'm really grasping for straws, if I'm being honest. But 
you know, there's some stuff here that I like. I think that this team and this lineup has, you know, potential to be really fun to watch. If nothing else, we'll get to see a preview of some of the Manitoba Moose players, and hopefully the Moose can actually go to the Calder Cup uh, finals this year. They've had a really big wagon of a team in previous seasons. Last year, they just couldn't really finish. This year, they might finally get some goal scorers who can actually punch it past goalies and maybe even have a a lead starting netminder who can carry them the rest of the way. So a lot of exciting parts here in terms of the future. The present, maybe not quite as exciting, but towards the end of this episode, I wanted to take some time to talk about something something that I saw on Twitter that I thought was super interesting. Uh, the athletic uh, writer for the Dallas Stars, Saad uh, Youssef, uh, actually said something interesting talking about a tale of two fan bases. You know, <laughs> ironically, I actually got uh, captured in the screenshots. Uh, we were all, for like us Jets fans, kind of praising bonuses statements while the Dallas Stars coach or Dallas Stars fan base was kind of uh, a little bit cynical, a little bit sarcastic, and quite honestly, they were dunking on us. If I'm being truthful, they were sort of laughing at our reactions, which I can understand, right? Um, but you know, in just a little bit, I want to talk about why I think, despite Dallas's fan base maybe having some decent points about the end of Bonus's tenure, I'm still interested in what Rick is going to do for this team, especially because. Let's be real. Our alternatives and our previous performances really weren't any better. So we'll talk about what I think you can do for this team and why I still think it was right higher in just a little bit. Hello, friends, and welcome back to these closing thoughts on tonight's episode of Locked On Jets. Thank you for making Locked On Jets your first listen of the day every day. Now, like I said, I wanted to close out tonight's episode with some thoughts on two different perspectives from you know the, the Jets fan base and the Stars fan base on the Rick Bonus hiring. Now, look, I'm going to be honest. Towards the end of Bonus's tenure with Dallas, the stars were not good. Uh, I, I think that on top of the roster, the way that he had the team maybe playing a bit too conservatively, maybe uh, relying a little bit too much on Jake Ottinger. Some nights it was just Ottinger and nothing else. You do see signs for concern, especially with how the Jets are structured very similarly. The stars definitely don't have as much high-end talent as the Jets do, but you start looking at the lineups, their depth lines, and you start to realize maybe the Stars and Jets actually have a frightening number of things in common when it comes to a lack of elite depth. So, you know, Bones might actually still have some issues coaching this team and getting it to look competent. I suspect that's going to be an issue this year. I wouldn't be shocked if the Jets even missed the playoffs, but the reason that I still think at the end of the day this hiring was probably an okay choice, maybe even the right choice, was that, look, a coach can say all they want, you know, heading into a job. And I think some of the Jets fans have accurately suggested that, you know, words without action are are hollow. They don't mean anything. And we're just excited based on the words because we haven't really even had words like that to begin with. I think what Stars fans maybe didn't realize is that the Jets under Maurice just never even thought about this stuff. Or if they did, they never even identified it as a problem. Um, We were kind of stuck watching a team that was spinning its wheels, that was doing a lot of the same things, and honestly playing just as bad as that end-of-year, end-of-term bonus uh, Stars team, maybe even worse at times. I mean, Hellebuck was really the only reason the Jets ever made the playoffs in a number of seasons. So at a bare minimum... (laughs) Just hearing Bonus talking about stuff that I would say has been a problem for years 
is like the the ground level starting point of an improvement. Now, obviously, there's a lot to be seen as to whether or not he can fix the toxic culture of this team. But look, I'm going to be real. You know, Bonus probably can't fix every single thing that is wrong with the Jets, and I don't expect him to. But I think if anything else, if, if nothing else, really, if he just helps to kickstart the culture change that this team needs and gets the Jets into some decent habits, kind of like Maurice did when he first came to Winnipeg, I will accept that as a, a net win. I think the Jets have been in such a dire state, you know, under the surface and on the ice that at this point, just a just a bit of change for change's sake might actually have some kind of an impact because the status quo was so bad. So I'm not going to say that I'm optimistic in terms of like thinking the Jets are going to have a great year. I think Winnipeg is going to take a step back in some areas. I think it's going to be a rough going. But look, it can't be any worse than what we've seen before. And at that bare minimum level, I'm willing to give Bones a chance. I'm willing to see how this pans out and may, you know, hey, maybe the Jets make the postseason. Maybe they make some noise. Maybe the kids will really step up and take the the leadership role. Whatever happens, I've mostly accepted it. So now it's just up to Bones to really show us that he's actually willing to uh, step up and give real weight to his words, because so far he said all the right things. Now it's just translating that into real results and progress for this Winnipeg Jets franchise. But I'd be curious to know your thoughts on this. How do you feel about Bones? Do you agree with the Stars fans that maybe this hiring wasn't super exciting uh, and that we should be fearful of it? (laughs) Funny thing coming from a fan base that just had their team hire Pete DeBoer if we're talking about maybe not so exciting hires. Uh, But, you know, that said, I still, again, like I said, I think that they have some valid points and I'd be curious to know your takes on those. Be sure to let me know in the YouTube comments below, uh, or if you're also excited about bonus, also let me know in the comments below. Tell me what you think you can change, or if you feel you know the Jets have too many problems for him to fix, what impact do you think he's going to have on this team going forward? As always, you can also hit me up at my social medias at HLivingLocal and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets on Twitter. But for tonight's episode, that is going to be all the time that we have. Once again, thank you so much for making Locked On Jets your first listen of the day every day. Be sure to make your second listen, Locked on NHL. Our experts give you a daily 30-minute podcast on all things NHL all year long. It's free to subscribe and follow, so do that right now. And as always, thank you so much for listening. Have a great night, and go Jets go!